Hello, and welcome back to the 11th episode of the Athleticast. Um, today is April 2nd, and I'm your co-host, Garrett. And I'm your other co-host, Brady. It's good to hear us not uh, breaking up this time. Made our way around the issue, and it should be all good now. Mm-hmm. So, that means normal, and just like normal, we're going to start off with NFL. And the first story is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tweeted out that they will be releasing their new uniforms April 7th. New uniforms for a new quarterback, I guess. So Only fitting. I think with, yep, with Tom Brady getting number 12 in the new uniform, I think I might look uh, pretty schlick. I think so as and, well. Uh, next news, the Miami Dolphins are reportedly attempting to trade up to the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. The package would likely include minimum two first-round picks. And the Dolphins have 5-18 from the Steelers and 26 from the Texans. So do you think they would be taking Joe Burrow at number one, or do you think they would just want security that they guaranteed get Tua? Mm, I know they really like Tua, but I think they yeah. go for Burrow because he's a better overall and not injury-pwned quarterback. Yeah, I gotcha. And last piece of NFL news. Today is what would have been the late, great former Redskins safety, Sean Taylor's 37th birthday. Sean Taylor was a rising star in the NFL, making highlight plays every Sunday and en route to a legendary career before it was tragically cut short when he was murdered in a home invasion during a 2007 NFL season. And uh, I please recommend in memoriam that you go watch his football life made by NFL films on YouTube since you're pent up inside anyways. Hmm. And that'll do it for NFL. That was quick, wasn't it? Yep, not a lot of news. So, do the daily thing. We're going to NBA. Uh, Mavs' Mark Cuban has no idea when the NBA is going to return. So does every other person in the world, which is also mm-hmm. sad. There was an idea yeah. brought up, though. If they could go to smaller cities with less people and play the games. Yeah. I don't know if that would work. Just because coronavirus yeah. is everywhere. So. Mm-hmm. And I there's heard- also the other issue of them being tested often. If they did, and I mean, that'd kind of be bad. Until there's an abundance of tests, I don't think they should do that. Yeah. Other news. Uh, I think the Bucks. There, people are saying that the Bucks would be best likely to win the finals if we had the finals. Do you think they would be the best team to win? No. No. No, I do not. Who do you? No, I think it's Showtime Lakers. I do. I think it's Lake Show's time to mm. shine. Because I think Anthony Davis would lock up Giannis, and Chris Middleton is not a threat. Eric Bledsoe, not a threat. Middleton's Dante not a threat. Benzo. That's the worst stuff I've ever heard you say in your life. That's horrible. Oh. That's horrible. You like That's Chris horrible. Middleton? Yeah, that dude. Stripes. Because he was drafted by Detroit? No, I didn't say that. I Just the kid Stripes. Well, not a kid, but the guy Stripes. Yikes. I think without Giannis, they would be kind of a wreck. But uh, but they I have Giannis, so. If Anthony Davis did his job and locked up Giannis, I think the Lakers could blow by the Bucks. Okay, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, all the Nets now are symptom-free after testing positive from the coronavirus, which is good to see. That's good. Uh, yep. Celtics, Marcus Smart. 
is donating blood for COVID-19 study. So hopefully they can mm-hmm. figure something out on that. And uh, uh, that rounds it out for the NBA. Do you have anything? I have one piece of NBA news that has not been covered, and that is per Woj, the NBA and the NBA Players Association are discussing scenarios for withholding up to 25% of players' remaining salaries in a league escrow should regular season games eventually be canceled. So basically it's um, docking 25% of their wages if they were to move straight to playoffs. Right. I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah, it is a business after all. You're, exactly. It really is. So that rounds right, it out. I'll do it for NBA. I'll move on to the MB, or MLB here. I don't think you have anything for it. I do not. Um, they're just two things, and they're very, very small. Um, DirecTV is now going to carry Dodgers games on Sportsnet LA, which is so exciting, you know? <laughs> Yippee. <laughs> and then um, the MLB cancels the Cubs-Cardinals-London series in June to no, one, to no one's surprise. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to do next, college basketball or PGA news? Uh, I got one college basketball, so I'll knock that out. Okay. Um, update on the story from yesterday. The NCAA has again made a dodgy call and decided not to eligibility to winter sports athletes, including basketball, uh, which means no March Madness. And However, spring sports have, since they barely began at all, have been granted another year of eligibility. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that a little bit. Yeah. Um, You'd think, like, as a good – it gives you a good feeling if you just, like, gave them another year. So – and it would probably make you more money. Mm-hmm. So I don't really understand where they're coming from. Right. Um, Let's see. I don't really have anything for college basketball. Yeah, it's – uh. Slow news day, I guess. Yeah. The only thing that I had was what you had. So I'll just do, knock out the PGA Tour thing here quick. There's really not that much to cover. But PGA yeah. Tour uh, approval for Tiger versus Phil Part 2 is on hold. Again, to no one's surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's it for PGA, I have one story of college football. And that's that the SEC has banned their players from going to spring meetings in, I believe it was May, due to COVID. And some conferences have introduced video call. So it's good that they're looking for replacements to introduce ways to reduce contact while still getting the job done. Yep. I have one thing for college college football. It's recruiting dead period is extended now through May 31st. Awesome. And... And that it's your time to shine. Bum, bum. It is top 10 time. <laughs> Explain to them what we're doing today, sir. Today, we are flip-flopping from the NFL to the NBA, and we are doing top 10 current power forwards that are currently playing the game. Well, not currently, but right Ooh, now. I like what you did there. In yeah. All right, so uh, you started last top 10 off so i guess i'll return the favor at number 10 i have christian wood from the detroit pistons and christian wood had big shoes to fill after star power forward blake griffin went down with a knee injury however it seems he has begun 
to partially fill those shoes, becoming one of the best players on the court for the Detroit Pistons, probably behind Luke Kennard, and I guess it depends on who you ask, Sekou Dumboya. He averaged 13 points per game and 6.3 rebounds on 59% from the field, 37% from three, and 74% from free throw. All pretty good stats. My number 10 is Paul Millsap, uh, Denver Nuggets. Paul Millsap values lies with his uh, capacity of completement. Uh, Not all aging stars are so skilled, so that's why I have him on my list. Over the last few years, he's done pretty good with Denver and other teams that he's played for. And, I mean, that just jumped him into that 10 spot. And, I mean, he's always been pretty consistent. So most consistent players make these top tens. So that's why I have him at my number 10. All right. At number nine, I have Jonathan Isaac from the Orlando Magic. And Jonathan Isaac is basically a do-it-all defender. He can average two and a half blocks per game and one and a half steals per game at his 6'11 height. And he is truly a defensive monster. The Orlando Magic have not had much success playoff-wise. But I believe that if he develops a little more, then the Magic could be in a great place with rising star Markel Fultz at the point guard position and Mo Bamba, who uh, is mostly famous for his song. And (laughs) among with those crazy defensive stats, he averaged 12 points per game and seven rebounds, which sounds a little lackluster, but remember he averaged two and a half blocks per game. And he did that on 46% from the field. 33% 33% from three, and 77% from free throw. Dude, you're line. spitting the facts today. You're going to make me look dumb. Yes, sir. <laughs> Number nine, I have – oh, I hate this guy's first name. Don Leo Gallinari at Oklahoma City. Okay. That, okay. That's so basic. I mean, he drilled 44.4% of his catch-and-shoot threes this year. He Out of 96 players, he's churned through 400 or more drives last year. That's just in front of Giannis and just behind Blake Griffin. And um, yeah, at Power Forward, you really need to do that. Uh, so mm-hmm. with that and being a Power Forward and being behind Oklahoma City with Chris Paul, um, I think he's proved himself to be at that number nine spot. Yeah, definitely. At uh, number eight, I have Jaron Jackson Jr., Trey J. from Memphis Grizzlies. And Jaron Jackson Jr. is another young guy that would need time to develop, along with stars like, I'd say, John Collins on the Hawks, and truly become a superstar in Memphis with guard John Morant being only a few years younger than him. However, the former Michigan State point guard, or Mm. sorry, guard, has uh, shown great promise, averaging 17 points per game, five rebounds, and a block and a half per game on 47, 40, and 74 shooting. I mean, I would agree with you, but I just think he's too young. Just a little bit. Yeah, he needs time. Right. And speaking of someone who's not young at all, uh, my number eight is Kevin Love, Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay. I mean, toe surgery, a couple other back shoulder issues really hurt him. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's kind of stranded on Cleveland now. I mean, whatever. They got Andre Drummond, but Andre Drummond's Andre Drummond. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, and then they have younger players like Colin Sexton, Kevin Porter Jr., etc. But those yeah. guys also have had issues uh, trying to complete 
in Cleveland, but the one guy who's been consistent has been mostly Kevin Love. Yeah. And tried, at least is trying to mm-hmm. carry that team. Yeah. Um, I mean, so far this season, Cleveland's been outscored on the offensive end by point or 4.2 points per 100 possessions. Um, okay. And when he wasn't hurt, He's kind of closed in on that, and it's been going down, which is good to see. Mm -hmm. And a guy who's trying to boost that team up, even though when they have absolutely nothing, deserves to be at that spot. All right, and that moves us up to number seven, where I have Kevin Love from the Cleveland Cavaliers. And uh, Kevin Love has done pretty well since the departure of LeBron James to L.A. He has done a very nice job of scoring and rebounding and being a team leader that the Cavaliers desperately needed with young guards such as Con Sexton, Darius Garland, and like you mentioned, Kevin Porter Jr. He averaged 17.6 points per game, 10 rebounds, on 45% from the field, 37% from three, and 85% from the lane. Or the line, sorry. And that's who you got at your number seven? Yes, sir. I agree. My number seven is the man... On the East Coast, his name is Jason Tatum, Boston Celtics. Okay. Uh, Jason, Jason, Jason Tatum, um, with the young kind of young squad that is Boston. Some mm-hmm. young, some old. Yeah, um, I think has played pretty well with his entire team not being great, but being good enough to dominate at least enough in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, with him being one of the most athletic people on that team. And being one of the leading scorers on that team, and uh, leading free throw uh, percentage lead or leader in three fro- three throw percentage on that team. Sorry, can't talk like normal. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. Him scoring the most and getting to the foul line enough, I think that's saying that he's pretty aggressive. So as a power forward, being aggressive and showing that he can dominate in the East. I think that deserves a spot in number seven. Okay. Um, I was basically making my list off of primary positions, and uh, I believe his was small forward, but uh, his secondary power pos- or secondary position is power forward. So Dude, I get why you did this. Not- you did this to me with LeBron James, so you can you can. Uh, it, yeah, not but pick- this one's, I'm, I'm no. forgiving for it because it's still no. forward. No. Yeah, but. No. That's why I'm just explaining why I don't have him on my list. That's okay. Why. He is a good player though. Mm-hmm. Which moves us on to number six, which is old head, 34 year old, Lamarcus Aldrich on the San Antonio Spurs. And the Spurs have been kind of lackluster with DeMar DeRozan not really playing up to snuff this year. And the Spurs are likely to break one of the longest consecutive playoff streaks ever. They haven't missed the playoffs since Greg Popovich first started coaching them in the 1996 to 1997 season, and they've never missed the playoffs two years in a row ever since, uh, according to Semi-Pro, which is kind of factual, uh, in the 70s when they were inducted into the league. And in his old age, with his Kane and Walker, he's Hmm. been averaging 19 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, on nearly 50-40-83 shooting, which is just enough to be very impressive. That's why I have him at numero six. Ooh, trying to pull out a foreign language, but failed. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, number six, I have Pascal Siakam out of the Toronto Raptors. I mean, Siakam will be viewed as one of the less flattering uh, people who are on uh, who are on the Raptors team. But the way he's been like working hard there in Toronto and actually, yeah. I mean, pretty much dominating this year. Last year, he really couldn't shine because he had what? Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry, et cetera, on that team. But, uh-huh. I mean, he still did shine pretty well in the yeah. playoffs um, by dominating. But this year, until it got abruptly stopped, you know, mm-hmm. um, he was doing well. And that's why I have him almost in the top five. Yeah, I have uh, Mr. Siakam a little higher. But uh, at number five, I have DeMontis Sabonis on the Indiana Pacers. And DeMontis Sabonis is the second best player behind Victor Oladipo on the Pacers. And when Victor Oladipo went down, someone had to pick up the slack, and Sabonis did just that. After Depot got injured midway through last season, people counted the Pacers out, thinking that without the talent of the missing guard, they were doomed to fail. But the Pacers shocked the league by getting the five seed last year and on pace, haha, get it, because Pacers, uh, mm. to a playoff appearance this Not year. funny, didn't laugh. Oh. <laughs> As a five seed this year, they're gonna, they were poised to get it. Uh, and Sabonis spearheaded the way there. So, uh, oh yeah, and if you were wondering, his stats were 18.5 points per game, 12.5 rebounds on 54, 25, this dude couldn't hit the ocean from the beach, and uh, <laughs> 72 on the line. So, yeah, that's why I have number five, DeMontis. Okay, my number five breaking into my top five. I have the old man, Al Horford. Al Horford's 33 years old now, entering his 13th season. Yeah. Playing for multiple teams mm-hmm. in, uh, I mean, now in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's doing pretty well. In Philadelphia, nothing like he was with the Celtics. Yeah, but but still, um, mm-hmm. he was suggested in being one of the top players in uh, in the East, which is not to no one's surprise because uh, he's still dominating, and he's thirty three, and thirty three is kind of old for basketball. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not an excuse for being old or anything mm-hmm. to be bad or anything. Yeah, but still, I mean, you're spitting out all the um, facts today, and I'm sticks. Yeah, statistics, whatever. And I'm just kind of going with the words approach, just how people feel and how they look. Yeah, and just by him and how he's been previous years, I think he is in that number five spot. All right, uh, to use your words and feels, uh, I don't like Al Horford at all. Uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't You're mean well on the 76ers. Basically, they had a lot of good defensive help with a guard in Ben Simmons who could play defense and Joel Embiid. And uh, basically this season, he couldn't hit a three at all, which is I think he had less than 20 <laughs> than three shooting. But that's neither here nor there. Moving on to number four. Uh, I have John Collins on the Atlanta Hawks. And John Collins had a little suspension early in the season, but since then the man has been balling. Uh, but it's kind of hard for one man to lead you to victory if his name isn't LeBron, Kobe, or Michael. And Collins averaged 21.6 points per game, 10.5 rebounds, and a block and a half per game on 50 40 80 shooting. With the young 
with the young roster that is the Hawks, expect big things when the 25 and younger starting lineup develops. That's why I have John Collins at numero four. Stop trying. Uh, <laughs> uh, but this man. Herrera. <laughs> my man, number four, out of Michigan State, is Draymond Green, Golden State Warriors. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, he's got more technical fouls than I can count. But the man is doing pretty well trying to hold the Warriors up, even though when he's not even hurt. That I mean, last I mean, last year, okay. Last year, losing KD to free agency and not Clay Thompson for an AECL injury and uh, and multiple other trades, losing other people like the man Andre Ugadala and D'Angelo Russell um, have really hurt. But he stayed pretty consistent at with both at points, uh, scoring and kicking people. Yeah, but <laughs> at Stephen Adams. <laughs> right. So, but still, he's... He's a bull, man. He's a bull down there. So, a guy like that, and who's been pretty consistent for a long time, I give him that number four spot. I don't know about you, but I would. I wouldn't rank him in the top thirty. And there's thirty teams. That guy. Got, oh, you're not very nice. That guy got replaced in the starting lineup by an undrafted rookie, and Eric Pascal, because he averages. Like single digits, he he is averaging a sing a single double, yeah, or yeah, triple single. Mm. There you go. And uh, top three, triple single. Yep, by like I think nine points, six rebounds. He he can't do a lot like he did in like 2018, but uh, with Curry and Clay back healthy, you can kind of hide that by their true shooting ability, but uh. Numero, ooh, got that one good. Uh, number three, Pascal Siakam on the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors were an okay. awesome team to watch this year with them just winning a championship and then, then their best player leaving for L.A. All the pressure was on them, and they surprised with Siakam at the helm. The Raptors fought and clawed and got themselves a two-seed in the Eastern Conference. Siakam is the next franchise player for the foreseeable future for all Canadians averaging 23.6 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, and a block and a steal per game, shooting 46, 36, and 80. And I think he was the second-best player on that championship team behind Kawhi. Mm, I, I like that. Yes. Yes, well, yes, very much. And number three, the injury-prone man from our own home state, uh, Blake Griffin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You expect that or no? I mean, I didn't. I factored in injuries, so I kind of like, I gave him a bye year, if you will. Okay. I mean, yeah, he's been injured a lot. And, I mean, a lot, mm -hmm. a lot. Well, but don't call his yeah. last two seasons like a display of his entire career because this man's been a powerhouse yeah. in L.A. And now for the Pistons, for the little bit of time that he's played yeah. and still getting a huge paycheck. Mm -hmm. Um. I still, he's, I mean, he jumped over a car for crying out loud. Back in LA days, though. Gotta remember that. Right. Right. But still now for the Pistons, and the Pistons need everything they can get, especially with that big contract. Mm -hmm. He's been pretty decent. I mean, his stats were pretty good when he wasn't hurt. It's like 24.5 points per game. Yeah. 
uh, at one point, 5.4 assists per game, and definitely improved on his three-point shooting um, percentage and his volume, how many threes he's shooting. So he's at least trying to do something good for Detroit. Yeah. Um, So, top three. I think the situation with Blake Griffin and the Pistons is kind of – it's kind of their MO. It's just a new chapter, like how we traded – Chauncey Billups after going to the conference championships for a regressing Allen Iverson and the same thing with Tracy McGrady and Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose has been playing very well for um, his age and his injury ability, but I think it's just kind of Detroit's thing to hire a star on their way out, which is just, it makes you feel uneasy kind of because they don't spend any money on the big free agents, mostly because nobody wants to come to Detroit, but, uh, no one. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's no LA. It's no Florida. It's Detroit, which is, it has a, the great lakes gang violence. Womp, womp, womp. All right. And uh, I think that takes us up to second place, which is correct. Right? Yes. All right. And number two, Anthony Davis from the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm. You could tell mm-hmm. that Anthony Davis wanted out of New Orleans last year. And one enormous trade later, he was on the West Coast with LeBron. The Lakers had already been good with LeBron. If it were not for his groin injury last season, he would have led the Lake show to the playoffs. But with the addition of Davis and a more healthy James, oh, sorry, excuse me, uh, the Lakers were on top of the Western Conference and had the second best record overall. His stat line included 26.7 points per game, nine rebounds, two blocks, and one and a half steals. He also shot 51, 34, and 85. Very good player, Anthony Davis, number two. Who do you think I have in number two? I'm going to guess Anthony Davis. Yes, Look correct. at that. With that enormous trade, the brow went to the West Coast, and to no surprise, he has been dominating with the man, the myth, the legend, LeBron James, mm-hmm. controversially the best player yeah. ever. But, um, I mean, LeBron was pretty good. I'm going to give you that. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis's stats are great yeah. this year, except for his whatever eye injury that he got. He got hit in the eye. Or I can't remember. Yeah. But um, I really do think he's made the Lakers where they are right now. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it could be LeBron, mm-hmm. but LeBron also couldn't get that team good enough to the playoffs. So let's say LeBron's gone. Yeah. They have AD now that could still get them to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So why not have, not have a man who's that good be in that spot and dominate, and that's why he's number two. Yeah, I think LeBron and AD kind of come as a package deal nowadays with uh, Anthony right. Davis with one year left on his contract. And then a player option. I think with the uncertain ability that uh, LeBron could retire in the next two or three years, I think AD is keeping his options open. So, yeah. Number one, top of the list. The best of the best of the power forwards in the NBA. I know who you got. It's the man who's going to get second place in MVP voting. It's the no, Giannis no Antetokounmpo, pronounced that spot on, the Milwaukee no, Bucks. Giannis was on a likely route to becoming a back-to-back MVP this season before he got suspended, and it was probably deserved. I, for one, think LeBron should get it, but uh, this isn't a point guard list. 
Anyways, Giannis averaged just shy of 30 points per game and 13 rebounds per game, which is absolutely mental. He also carried his team to the number one seed and the best record league-wide with them on pace to potentially crack 70 wins, which is an amazing feat to have. And anyways, that'll wrap up the list with the Greek freak on top. I also have the man, the myth, the legend, Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks as my number one. And with all the points you said, this guy is going crazy mm-hmm. the last few years. I mean, last year's MVP is last year's MVP. But I still think he play, has played way better than LeBron. Okay, LeBron has flashy passes. He might be getting old. But Giannis has carried the Milwaukee Bucks to nearly 70 wins. Yeah. And you can't tell me that. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks, yeah, we were talking about this earlier, definitely would not have 70 wins without that man. They wouldn't. So I think they'd have maybe 45, 50 without Giannis. Exactly. Yeah. But those close games, look what he's yeah, done. Yeah, he pulled them so, away with the win. I haven't seen anyone do that this year. So, I mean, that's why easy number one spot with Giannis. Okay, and uh, that about wraps it up for our top 10 power fours list, and there's no more daily news. So, on behalf of co-host Garrett, please enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, It is April 2nd, and yeah, peace out from me. Yeah, peace out from me. Have a good night. Or or afternoon, or morning, whatever (laughs) it is. You have a good night, Garrett. Oh, you too, Brady. Bye-bye.